The following is a presentation of the Six Arrows Radio Network. Welcome to the Modern Christian Men Podcast with your host, Kale Nelson. So welcome into another episode of Modern Christian Men. Really excited to have you here. Number five, it's not like we're just knocking them down, but here we are five shows into this. Which is really cool, man, because I put it off for almost three years. <laughs> My name is Kale, and I'm a podcaster. Really, that's that's about all I, I do. I'm a stay-at-home dad with my kids. I've been married for about 18 years to my bride and just a really happy dude, loving my life and, and loving the fact that Jesus has given me so many opportunities to share himself with you. And that's what we're going to do with this program. That's the whole premise behind this thing is to share where we are with Jesus and what he's doing with us to maybe encourage you. You know, maybe you have a story where God is doing some crazy things through you that you'd like to share. And uh, we have an audience for you. We would like to share your story as well. You can find the contact information on our website at modernchristianmen.com. Now, we're going to have another podcaster join us today. This is not like Kel's interviewing the Christian podcaster show or anything. It's just it's just going to happen that way. Right about the same time, within a couple of days, and I can't remember who went first, but Jason Romano, formerly a producer for ESPN for 17-plus years, left ESPN back last winter and started working with another company called Sports Spectrum. And we're, we don't talk a whole lot about that really because that's not the story I wanted Jason to share with us. Now you can find all kind of information about Jason online. We'll have links to connect you with him, of course, in our show notes. But but what I wanted to get at really was the guts of all this stuff that we're doing. And, and that is sharing Jesus with other people, how he keeps our head afloat and how he keeps us going throughout the day. Jason's got a great story. And I'm, I'm telling you, we don't cover it all in this show. We're going to have to have him back again at least once, probably three times. <laughs> anyway, hope you enjoy this show. It's Jason Romano from the Sports Spectrum Podcast right here on Modern Christian Men. All right, man, thank you so much for being with us. It's, it's really a privilege. And congratulations on the launch of your, your new venture there with Sports Spectrum Podcast. Totally loving out. Tell us a little bit about the premise of the Sports Spectrum Podcast and what you guys are looking to do. Yeah, Kel, first of all, thank you for having me. This is awesome to uh, to be on with you. Uh, the Sports Spectrum Podcast is part of a extension of the Sports Spectrum brand. And so Sports Spectrum's magazine brand has been around for over 30 years. So they've been around for a while. They've doing, been doing great things, telling amazing stories uh, through faith and sports and sort of what that looks like. Recently, they were kind of looking to the people who are owning Sports Spectrum were looking for kind of a new direction for it to go in. They didn't feel like they could take it where God, they felt like God really wanted it to go. Mm -hmm. So they they worked and, and uh, prayed and looked for the right sort of group to to lead it into the next phase. And the people from Pro Athletes Outreach, PAO, which is a nonprofit faith and sports ministry out in Colorado, were approached and they purchased Sports Spectrum and, and took th took over the reins of it. And in doing that is when I got the call because I had a relationship with them and have been talking to them, nothing serious, but have been talking to them about maybe someday we could partner together. And I knew what that meant when I said that because I knew that <laughs> meant I would probably be leaving ESPN. 
And then the opportunity came when they acquired Sports Spectrum. They called me and they said, listen, we have this new thing called Sports Spectrum. Have you heard of it? And I said, of course. I said, I'm a big fan of, of their magazine. He's like, well, we want to we want to take it to the next level and really ramp up their website. So we want to really make it sort of daily content, that, a place that people can go every day and get one, two, maybe three new articles and just kind of like have something that they can consume every day. And then we also want to start a podcast. And I was excited when they said podcast. I said, that's something I've been thinking about for a couple of years. I would love to be a part of a, a sports and faith you know, show. Yeah. I said, you want me to produce it? Because remember now, I'm coming from 20 years of producing uh, behind the scenes right. in broadcast at ESPN. And I, I said, do you want me to produce it? They said, no, we actually want you to host it. And I said, host it. I said, you know, I haven't been on the air really for 20 years. And they said, no, we we know how you are. We've seen you speak and, and, and share uh, from the pulpit and at different conferences. And you've worked with the best interviewers that, that there are at ESPN. We think you could do a great job at this. And, and so I prayed about it. And I really, I was convicted pretty quickly that this was something I wanted to do. And that's how I ended up coming to, coming on board and left ESPN in February. And we've launched the podcast on March 31st of 2017. And it's been so much fun to be a part of. The, the, the writing is fun and, and sharing articles every day. But doing the podcast has been a true passion because ever since I was in high school, I always wanted to host a sort of a radio show, especially a sports radio show. And now that I'm a believer and you're bringing these two passions that I have of broadcasting and really my faith in Christ together and, and really a third passion of sports, it's just been amazing. So a lot of fun. You know, when 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 we were watching sports, and I'm a football guy, NFL football guy, and I enjoy college ball as well, why is it such a big deal when I find out that quarterback A is a Christian? Why does that impact me so much? Because Hey, I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. I know that my dad's a Christian guy. But what is about these superheroes of the gridiron? Why does that excite people so much when we find out they're like us? Or is that what it is? I think you just hit on it. They're superheroes. So we find out that this person that, for lack of a better word, we worship and root for every single week believes the same thing we believe or you know, reads the same Bible I read or prays the same, to the same God I pray to or whatever it is. I think that it's, it becomes relatability. And all of a sudden, it's like he's one of us. <laughs> and it's so weird to say that because I do think there is a stigma out there for Christians to, you know, that has to say, well, he's a Christian. I root for him, but I won't root for that other guy because he don't <laughs> believe in Jesus. Like, come on. Yeah. You know, that's not true. I mean, I, you're, you're going to, you know, the, you're going to root for your team no matter who's playing quarterback. Right. You just, you probably are. But I just think there's a relatability there, Kale, about, you know, just thinking that this person is 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 like me and I'm like him and we I root for his team and he loves Jesus. That's awesome. He's my guy, you know, or whatever it is. So I just think there's a relatability there. I got you. Well, I love watching Jason Witten play ball, right? And and I told you right before we went on the air that I grew up a Redskins fan. That's tough. <laughs> I mean, you don't you don't tell your dad that kind of stuff. Like, I really like watching that man play ball, but well, uh, I, I pull for Witten. You know, I, I'm I'm with you. And in in 2008, the New York Giants won the Super Bowl. They beat the Patriots. They they knocked them off the undefeated season. Three days after that, David Tyree, who was the the wide receiver yeah. that made the helmet catch in that Super Bowl, I set him up to come to ESPN for a day of shows and interviews. And my job at the time was to take him around. Now, mind you, he is on the Giants, and they just won the Super Bowl, and I am a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. 
But as I get talking to this guy and hearing his story, I find I have to be professional, obviously. But when I get talking to him and I find out that he loves the Lord, loves Jesus, and that he's telling me the stories of the way God orchestrated this team to reach the Super Bowl and then eventually win it. Man, I just I'm like you with with Witten. I was like, man, I got a root for this guy now and he plays for the Giants. This is going to be the one of the most difficult things I've ever had to do in my life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So. So you're you've been surrounded by not just NFL stars, but but stars from all over the world in, in all aspects of sports for 20 years. I know how hard it is being just a dad with a bunch of kids and a small business owner, entrepreneur kind of guy being, you know, holding on to my faith and clinging to my ethics and morals that, that I know that were put into me and, and they're taught in the scripture as well. When you see those men and women, because you just recently had Mo on your show, it's a great show, by the way. Uh, Thank you. How in the world, when they're surrounded by that stuff in a very fierce manner, how are they holding on to what they've got? Their faith, that is. It's, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And you know, I started my career at ESPN before I became a Christian, before I, I accepted Christ into my into my life. And, you know, for the for the longest time, my identity was in my job. I was the ESPN guy. I was the guy that worked at the cool place and, and had the coolest job and the dream job or whatever you want to call it. And then when I discovered that my identity was really in Christ and my identity was to be found in him and I was to you know, as I've said a few times in different places, bloom where I was being, where I was planted. And I was planted right there in Bristol to be a light, to be an encouragement to others and to show others Jesus through who I was. That's not always easy to do because the world pulls you in many different directions Mm -hmm. and businesses aren't walking or running, I should say, in a way that reflects everything you believe in. And the people you work with are from every every different walk yeah. of life. There are believers at ESPN, and there are many non-believers at ESPN, and there are many people of other faiths and other religions. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it great, but that also makes it difficult sometimes <laughs> um, <laughs> because what you believe isn't necessarily what represents your company. And that's hard sometimes to you know, you know, be open about that. There were many instances when ESPN would praise something that someone did or – um, shine a light to something that I was just adamantly not in agreement with. Right. And that challenged me, but I also knew that I had a job and they hired me to do a job. And that's what I was going to do. I was going to do the best job I can. And that's how I reflected Christ was through the best, doing the best job I can. That's what they hired me for. Mm. And then along with that becomes relationships and loving and serving others and building those, those bonds with other people. But it wasn't easy. And, you know, I can't give you an exact example of when my faith was really tested. I wouldn't say that ever happened. It's just a matter of when was I going to stand up for what I believed in? And was I prepared to to do that no matter what? And eventually, um, I believe I was, you know, I felt I felt like just being, you know, social media changed the game, Kale, a lot of ways, because that gave me an opportunity to be open about my faith. Right. Never, never forceful. Never, um, I, I never try to be mean to anybody or say what you believe is wrong and what I believe is right. I just try to be like what First Peter three says, where we want to be prepared to give a reason for the hope that's within us, yeah. and doing it with gentleness and kindness and love. And so, that, but that's how I approached the way I share on social media as well, especially about my faith. To be prepared to always give a reason for the hope that's in me, and to do it gently and to do it with respect. 
but to not be ashamed. Romans 1.16, right? Mm-hmm. Never be ashamed of the gospel. And that's what that's what I don't want to ever be portrayed that, that I would be ashamed of my faith. So I think as I've grown older and I've been more grounded in my faith and, and just kind of matured as a believer, I know what I believe and I'm not concerned with what other people think. If they're interested, I certainly would love to, to talk to them about it. But if they want to bash me for it or bash you for it or whatever, then that's on them. You know, I'm just telling you what I believe and what I think God has done for me in my life. I'm not going to tell them what they need to to do in their lives. And then when they're ready to hear it or when they're curious or when they want to know more, I'm right here. I got you. Now, how how in the world did a guy working for ESPN and and we know that they have uh they have as many left tendencies as they do right. Uh how in the world did you find Jesus in Connecticut? I mean, there's, there's what like one and a half churches in the whole state, you know? I mean, <laughs> that's that's the uh that's the, the the thought process, but it's not it's not that bad. Okay, but, okay. Um, I would say this: I actually got saved in New York, so I was living in Connecticut. I was working at ESPN, but my my middle brother Chris, I have two younger brothers, Chris mm-hmm. and Damian, and my middle brother Chris is the first in our family, or was the first in our family, to become a Christian, and that was in like the late nineties. I became an employee of ESPN in two thousand, uh, July of two thousand. And I got saved on Mother's Day of 2001. Nice. So it was, and it had nothing to do with moms or anything <laughs> like that. It just happened to be the day. Yeah. I got saved at my brother's church in New York. So he invited me and my little brother and my mom to go to church with him that day on Mother's Day. And, you know, at the time we were like, sure, let's just all be, all be together as a family. So we went. And I had gone to his church three or four other times and just been turned off by it. Mm. I grew up in a Catholic church and I went his church was a full gospel Pentecostal church. Nice. And it's great now. Yeah. But when you go from a Catholic church to a Pentecostal church, it is night and day. Yeah. It is culture shock city. <laughs> and for me, I was just not prepared for that at all. Um, but the third time or the fourth time that I went that day on Mother's Day of 01, you know, I, I it just it was different. It wasn't anything that, uh, you know, I didn't feel like the spirit just move in me and I was on fire for God. And I knew that this was the time I just knew something was a little different. Right. And so after church was over, my brother said to me, you know, what'd you think? And I just said, that was all right. That's all I said. I said, that was all right. And he looked at me and he knew right then that that was an opportunity to really minister to me. And he's like, come here. And he kind of grabbed my arm and we went, we were at his house and he brought me into the back room near his bedroom and we sat down for the next 25 minutes and he proceeded to to share the gospel with me. And he knew that my heart was ready to hear it. He knew that my heart was open to listen and to respond. And that was the day. Now, did I radically become saved and on fire for Jesus after this day? No, I did not. It took about a year process to fully grasp and understand the decision I had made and what Christ had done for me. But that was the day that the journey began. And, you know, that was in New York. And then after that, we got to go back home. So we come home to Connecticut and I get up the next morning and I go to ESPN and I'm this new creation. And I'm like, all right, what do I do with this? (laughs) So it was not again, it wasn't this sort of radical transformation And honestly, I probably didn't change a whole lot over those first six to eight months other than like 
hey, I became a Christian, but I really didn't change really anything. Nothing in me started to really fester for a couple more months after that. Right. Now, did you, when you found Jesus, did you then go home, when you got home, did you make an effort to try to find uh, like-minded people or maybe a a local church to kind of plug yourself in? Or was your brother kind of feeding you from New York? How did those things work? Yeah. So in the beginning, um, you know, my wife was not a Christian when I got saved. So that was, um, and she knew what my brother's story was, but she, you know, my brothers, when they got saved as Christians, they were in some deep stuff that was not good. And so when they got saved, they got radically saved. Like they became different people. And we saw that conversion. We saw suddenly, you know, the light shine through them in a way that we, we didn't know this person. And that's what God does to us. He makes us a new creation in, in his son. And for, again, for me, when I came home and I told my wife what had happened, she looked at me like, but we're, but we don't need, we don't need God. We're fine. Like you have a job at ESPN and we're married and we have a nice house and all that. Right. So for me, I had to navigate that world first of being a husband to a wife who was not necessarily walking this path that I was going to start walking. So that was hard at first. But after a year was when I finally made a decision. This was very difficult for me. But it was in 02, May of 02, 2002, that I said, honey, I, I have to find a church that is like what that, that teaches the Bible and what I believe. Yeah. And if that meant going without her, I had to do that because I had to do what I knew God was calling me to do. Not, e- not an easy decision. Mm. My wife, um, you know, gave me her blessing for lack of a better word, but she also, uh, you know, I could tell wasn't happy. So I made, when I found this church that I decided to start going to, and this was the church I ended up getting baptized in, but when I found this church and I attended it for about a year and a half before I had to leave to find a different church. But when I attended this church, I was going for the service and then I came right home. So I didn't allow myself to build any kind of community with the people in the church because I was so concerned with being back with my wife like that. My marriage was my priority and I didn't want to mess that up because I knew that that was a, you know, that was key here in all of this was making sure that our marriage stayed healthy, even though we had differing beliefs. And so I would go to church on a Sunday morning, a 10 o'clock service. And once it was over, I would come right home. I didn't spend time talking to anybody. I never really allowed myself. And I kind of regret that a little bit, but it was, the important reason of, of coming back was to make sure that that marriage was stable and healthy and that my wife knew that she was the priority once, you know, uh, church was over. And, and that was hard to walk for a while. So, Well, you know, I, I was telling my wife yesterday on the phone, I've been married 18 years. We, we both grew up in church. Now, I, I grew up in a Baptist church, and I married a Pentecostal girl. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I was... I was kind of introduced the same way you were. It was quite shocking, to be very frank. Uh, but, yes. but yeah, we 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 attended her her church that she grew up in now, so that's cool. Um, yeah. So it was it was kind of odd for me to kind of step into that realm of things. But I was telling her yesterday how thankful I was, you know. And I sometimes think we forget about this. I'm 18 years of marriage, five kids. You know, you, you this kind of stuff is taken for granted. But I had to tell her that you know I am so thankful that I know where your head and your heart is. I don't have to worry about where you're at on those levels because I know she lives it in front of me. I live it in front of her, but yeah. I, I feel so sorry. And I mean that sincerely that I feel so sorry for these men and women who are out there living their life for Christ, but trying to keep their wife happy or their husband happy or trying to, uh, you know, trying to be that other person at home when they really have this desire to serve and to be plugged in. 
Um, and I know that's got to be tough. And I just had to tell her out loud, thank you for, for being there with me so I don't have to go through what you just described there. It's very difficult. And, and that's, that is a blessing. You know, my brother, my middle brother, the first one in our family to get saved, who led me to, to the Lord, Chris, you know, he got married to his wife, Tara, after they had both gotten saved. So they were kind of, like you said, like-minded, believing the same. And they walked that. And I remember watching, and they got married three months before I got married. I got married in 1999 in November. So we're coming up on 18 years of marriage as well. And I remember watching him over the first couple of years of marriage, especially after I became a Christian, and just being very jealous because I was like, man, they just both love the Lord and they're praying together and they're going to church together and they're raising their kids in, in the Lord. My wife and I have, have, have always pretty much had a really good marriage, but that aspect of it was very hard in the beginning because my wife wasn't going to church with me. And, you know, we weren't praying together or anything like that during that time. And that was very difficult. But, you know, God saw that through. And I believe, you know, walking during that time, as much as I wanted to force my faith on her and show her the way and let her know, like, this is why we need Christ. Like, this is the reason there's a hope here. There's a there's a an eternal aspect of this that's at stake here. If we die tomorrow, where are we going? Like, I wanted to do all that. But I knew that would only make our relationship worse. And forcing my faith on her was the last thing that was going to help here. So I really just tried to love her. Uh, I prayed for her all the time. I prayed for God to save her, if you will, on a very simple level. And, you know, it took a while, but it wasn't until we had our daughter. We just have one daughter. Her name is Sarah. And it wasn't until we had our daughter that um, I think opened her eyes up to the miracle of life and the idea that oh my gosh, like where it's not just about me or even about my husband. It's about this baby and this child that we have to raise a certain way and pour into and, and give everything we have. And I think when she saw that, I think there was a glimpse of Jesus that she saw as well in God giving up his son and sacrificing his son or Jesus literally giving up everything that he had for us by going to the cross. So she saw that in, in that, you know, sort of, frame and it really opened up her eyes and allowed her to eventually come to the Lord as well. That's awesome. Yeah, nothing will teach you about Jesus' love for you or God's love for you, both of them, either way you want to look at it, yep. uh, and except but to put some children in your house. And when you see them for the first time, you touch them for the first time, it's like, wow, so this is this is really what we're talking about here. It's just so different. It's hard to explain to people. It really is. And I, I tell people all the time, and I admire single people who, you know, love the Lord as well and and are able to have that relationship with Jesus. But when you have your own child, everything changes because it it literally goes and moves from my life to her life to what can I do for her? Everything, everything that I have within me as a dad goes into making sure that she's safe, making sure that she's taken care of, making sure that she's loved, making sure that she's equipped with whatever she needs to to just live in this world that we live in. So, um, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it, the mindset is totally different when you have kids. Oh yeah. And I've got, my eldest is almost 14. So we got, uh, we've got the same year of marriage and probably close to the same kids. That's pretty cool stuff. Of course I've got a boy, uh, yeah. his feet, are, his feet are now bigger than mine, by the way. Oh, I know, I know. My daughter's going to be 13 next month and she's, 
getting bigger and bigger every day and just growing, maturing. And it's not, I'm not liking this, this aspect of life. I don't, I don't want her to grow up. I want her to stay, I want her to stay little, but my brother has four kids, Chris and his oldest. He's the first one in our family to have a child. He's going to be 17 years old in June. And that just blows my mind that I have a 17 year old nephew. I just, and he's, he was, I saw him last week at a men's breakfast that I spoke at and he is just, a man now. He's a young man and I don't like it. Like I remember these little whippersnappers running around when they're two, three, four, five years old. And now all of a sudden they're young adults. It's just scary how time flies. It'll mess you up for sure. It sure will. It will. Yeah. So I've been, I've been a dad for as long as you have. Love my kids. Love seeing them grow in the Lord. Um, I know that I've done a lot of stupid stuff. Even being a Christian father, striving to be that man that they need, they deserve. Um, what are some, some What are some ways that you encourage men when you go out and speak to them, uh, especially about fatherhood and raising kids up in today's society, which is such a disaster uh, when you look at it through the eyes of the flesh. I, I think that we're actually making some pretty good strides in the spirit, and that'll mess some people up. You start talking like that, but just curious. Um, how how do you see things going on around you where men are doing the right thing and how you're able to encourage them where they are? Yeah, I think, you know, in this aspect of it, let's let's always be reminded that there's only one perfect father and that's God. And I think when we can understand and recognize that it'll allow us to be OK to not be OK, to be OK to make mistakes because we're going to screw this up as dads. We are. And I mean, and I don't mean screw it up as like it's the end of the world. I just mean like daily little things like saying the wrong thing or, you know, missing. a. You know, we're just not going to be perfect. That's what that's God's job. So my encouragement is to, to to start with two simple things, you know, and it's the simplest thing from a perspective of what Jesus did when he was here, which is to love and serve. And I think if we look at our mindset of our children in loving and serving them, I think that's the first thing, you know, because when you do that, you're going to be present in their lives. You're going to be helping them. You're going to be teaching them. You're going to be molding them. You're going to be the example that you want them to see, you know, especially for dads of daughters, you know, that's the first man that they're going to ever love is their dad. And I, I think about that all the time. Like I, I screw up and sometimes I yell maybe a little too loud or I say things when I'm, probably shouldn't have said it or, you know, I'm thinking I'm being encouraging or loving and I'm being forceful and uh, pushy or whatever the word is. And I'm it's really a, a simple but very, very complex way of I'm trying to think of the right wording of just loving our kids. And, you know, the simple the simple side of it is to love them. The complex side of it is when we do that, we allow ourselves into their lives and their li- lives are messy. And, and especially and you know this with your son, I'm sure. But teenage lives and my daughter's not even there yet. She's going to be a teenager next month. But teenager lives are insanely complex, especially young lady teenage lives like young girls like thank God for my wife and some of these things that my wife, my daughter has been going through just in the last couple of years, becoming this young lady that she's becoming. I, I don't know what to do in certain situations. And my wife is just, you know, she's, uh, you know, she's amazing in that world. But I think my, my simple encouragement to dads is we start with the, the obvious one. It's be present, right? Because I had a dad who was not present. I had a dad who was around, but he wasn't present. 
And my dad chose other things like alcohol and uh, gambling and things like that over his relationship with his kids. And, you know, I've always made a priority. You know, we're going to mess up. We're still going to do things that we shouldn't do. But when we're present and active and loving into our kids' lives, then you're, in my opinion, you're an all-pro dad. Now, you need to be uh, aware of situations. You need to be, you know, understand that discipline is required sometimes, but there's a there's a proper place and a proper time for that. You need to understand that, um, you know, there are rules that need to be followed and, and things like that. But if you're doing this lovingly and if you're showing them the lens of, you know, or pointing them to the to the idea that uh, of what Jesus did for us is the same reason that I'm trying to do for you. Like, I just, I know I'm kind of going all over the place here, Kale, but there's so much I could say because that's what parenting is. It's, it's every you're you're so many levels and so many different avenues to go. Yeah. I think my encouragement is don't try to be the perfect dad to really sum it up. Don't try to be perfect. Just try just in fact stop trying just love them and be be there for them and you know don't be afraid to have a conversation with them that might be uncomfortable for you as a parent but can go a long way into building trust and building uh, a bond that someday that kid will remember for the rest of their lives that that's a good word right there before i let you go I want you to to tell me how you would encourage a guy who is in love with Jesus but is in the same spot you were in a few years back when his wife wasn't feeling it. That's a hard spot to be in. Parenting is hard enough, but just let's say you're a parent and a husband and you know you're trying to live Jesus in front of them, you're trying to encourage, you know, but and, and I think that's a, a misconception a lot of people have. It's always the women who are at church and love Jesus and the man's at the house watching the game drinking beer. Uh, there's a lot of dudes who love jesus and they can't get their wives on board um how would you just encourage that man if you had a second to chat with him i would encourage them first of all to not give up because it's easy to throw the white towel when a family member especially somebody as close as your wife isn't walking the same walk you're walking and at some point you just think listen i've tried everything and there's nothing more i can do I give up. There's no way this person's going to ever come to faith or or believe in Christ. First of all, that means you're trying to play God and we're terrible gods. So we don't want to try and play God here. We just want to simply not give up. Uh, I think God is patient with us and he was patient with me. You know, my brother for three years, in essence, was trying to lead me to Christ and I wasn't ready, but he was patient. And when that moment came for me, you know, I responded and I recognized that and my brother recognized that moment. Mm-hmm. So for me, my encouragement to men who are, who have wives or, or even women who have husbands who aren't walking the same walk is to pray for them, press in, grow even deeper in your relationship with God. I think a lot of people when setbacks happen or they're not walking, you know, they're not having the life that they think they should have, they end up falling away a little bit mm-hmm. from their relationship with God. And honestly, that's where God wants us to truly press into him even more and grow in that relationship. And I think, you know, when things aren't going your way, our tendency, like I said, is to is to not seek him and to kind of drift off and just kind of give up. So my encouragement is to not give up. My encouragement is to pray and continue to pray. And my encouragement is to honestly, the what happened with my wife was very simple. It was relationships were were developed with people who were believers. And I'm not talking about relationships as far as inside the church. I'm just talking about people who wanted to just hang out and be friends with no strings attached. 
And I think if there is a way, because my wife was always very weary of Christians thinking that all they were out to do was convert, convert her. And eventually what ended up converting her was becoming friends with people who weren't out to convert her. They were just out to be her friend and to love her and to hang out with her and to hang out with me. And so there's some encouragement there for a husband or wife that are walking this walk is to, you know, find people who will literally just love your wife or your husband for who they are and not judge them and not try to save them or uh, convert them because that's really what it's about is relationships. You know, if that, for lack of a better word, if that doesn't work, that's okay. Like God is planting seeds and, and using, uh, using these, these experiences for a specific purpose, but don't give up. And that's the biggest thing is, is don't, don't give up and don't give in and continue praying uh, and, and, and continue loving your spouse because it is very easy to get discouraged and then suddenly that affects the relationship. You know, grow deeper in your marriage and your relationship. Don't drift, don't drift away. And that's gotcha. what you So, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes plenty of sense. Good. And it, it, it is, it is all about relations. I mean, because what we have is a relationship with Christ as our Savior and God as our Father. And the Holy Spirit is our comforter and, and guide. So that's what it's all about. Yeah, press in on that. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome stuff, man. Well, I, I appreciate you being here, Jason. If, if somebody wants to follow you to get this stuff every day, this good stuff from you, wh where can we go to find you online? Because we know that's where we all are. Yeah, everybody's there, right? So I'm on Twitter. Jason Romano is my name uh, or my uh, username for Twitter. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty active on there. My website is Jason Romano and then the number 22.com. And, uh, that has a lot of some of the blogs I've wrote. You can sign up for my, my uh, newsletter, which isn't really a newsletter. I send out an email every Monday morning. Um, right now we got about almost a thousand subscribers that are receiving an email that I simply send that's an encouragement to get your week started. And it's once a week. It's free. And all you got to do is sign up on the website, jasonromano22.com or you can email me. Uh, off the website and I will add you to the list. So that's really the best two ways. You know, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram as well, and I'm pretty much everywhere, the podcast. So there's definitely a, you're not, it's not going to be hard to find me, but uh, I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. Well, man, we wish you all the best with the uh, Sports Spectrum show, your new gig there. And uh, I would really like to have you come back on maybe one of these days pretty soon to uh, talk to us about growing up. Uh, you touched on some stuff there. I know that there are a lot of dudes that are living with the same kind of things in their background as they grew up with dads who were unplugged. So, man, I just appreciate you. I love what you're doing with the show, and uh, thank you so much for being here with us on Modern Christian Man. Kale, thanks for having me, man. Anytime you want me, I'm available for sure. big heartfelt thank you to jason romano remember you can find him online jason romano 22 we keep up with each other on twitter he's really active on twitter and facebook that's where i find all of my stuff that's how i found him actually and uh, i love his programs man you have to give him a listen I, I, recently he just interviewed the kid that won the national championship for clemson uh the renfro kid from myrtle beach and it was a great show listen to that young man share his faith got a lot of different episodes man and, and covering all different aspects of sports i want to encourage you to give those a listen of course you can check modern christian men for all the contact links and show notes appreciate you being here thank you for giving us your time if you've got something to say you have a story maybe you know someone that does We'd love to hear from them. Get them to get in touch with us. It's all right there. ModernChristianMen.com. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Until then, guys, keep doing your thing, right? Loving Jesus, and we'll see you next time. God bless you. 
Thank you for listening to the Modern Christian Men podcast. You can find us online at modernchristianmen.com.